Sponsorship of the KQED live audio stream comes from Xfinity Mobile, featuring customized wireless plans. Customers can choose unlimited, buy the gig, shared data, or a mix of both and switch it up anytime. Learn more at XfinityMobile.com. From KQED in San Francisco, this is the Writer's Block. I'm Daniela Perdomo. I'm an editor for Opium Magazine. We're a literary humor publication that features fiction and poetry, along with cartoons, art, and a progressive design. We've been around since 2001 as a website, and we've been printing semi-annually since August 2005. For all things Opium, go to opiummagazine.com. The stories you'll be hearing today are featured in Opium 6's Go Green But Save Me First issue, which released in May 2008. They're the top 10 finalists in our 250-word bookmark contest. Um, It was the latest in a series of competitions which challenges writers to pen a story that would fit on a bookmark. The results were strange, wonderfully imaginative, tiny pieces, and we hope you'll enjoy them. I'm Lisa K. Buchanan, and my work has appeared in the Missouri Review, Mid-American Review, and other magazines. I live in San Francisco, and you can poke me in the ribs at www.lisakbuchanan.com. I'm here to read my story, Hiss. Dear Eve, got your note. Yes, heroin is the preferred moniker, thanks for asking. And I do remember Adam. Always had to be on top during sex, bossy about the garden, pick this, peel that, and hopelessly xenophobic. But he is just one of many reasons you ought to eat from that tree you mentioned. Like some of your more tedious descendants, the man is bound to interpret the rib story literally and adopt it as a pointed weapon. Ruthless vegetarians will do the same regarding every green herb for meat. And the fig leaf fetishists will be the most tyrannical of all. If you don't eat from the tree in the middle of the garden, Eve, nobody will have their eyes sufficiently open to read the other creation story, the one about humankind much less the verses about omnivorism and hot sex in the king's bed. Further, eating that particular fruit will both liberate humanity from the illusion of immortality and make you truly immortal, as in remembered forever for something even more charming than having your name stamped on floral patterned cigarettes. 20th century, I'm afraid. Lastly, Hate to push, but we of infinity are counting on you to advance the human neocortex, that is, to sink your archetypal incisors into that luscious fruit and uphold curiosity, which, according to my friend Pandora, is the enduring hope of the species. Pop down sometime for pomegranate lamb kebabs? Bet you didn't know you could. Lilith. My name's John Wolanski, and I'm reading The Sale by Don Corrigan. Everyone was sick of dating. I mean, really, what a bore. Where'd you go to school? What's your favorite movie? Are you willing to rethink that cologne? Snore. It was a man who put an end to all that nonsense, a brave young stud named Jim. One day he went outside, stood on the corner, and took off his pants. With both hands, he reached down and stretched out his scrotum until he'd made a kind of sail, which he proceeded to wave in the breeze. He was arrested, of course. But after he was released on bail, he was contacted by a reporter. Jim told her he was just trying to find a mate. He was tired of small talk and bars and blind dates. 
He was home watching the Nature Channel when a documentary on the green anole lizard came on. When he saw it displaying its dewlap as part of a courtship ritual, he figured it was worth a try. The next day, several dozen men took to the street corners. They were arrested too, but others took their place. Finally, the police gave up. Now, in the spring, you can see them out there, sails unfurled, looking hopefully at the women as they promenade by. Don Corrigan lives in Gulf Breeze, Florida, and maintains a website at www.thenervousbreakdown.com. My name is Kristen Kearns. I'm managing editor of Ziziva. I live in San Francisco. My stories appear in Confrontation, Alaska Quarterly Review, and Fiction Magazine. I'm reading my story, The Hansel Fiasco. After the Hansel fiasco, the witch's daughter disconnected her stove. Not only had the woodcutter's brats roasted her mother, they'd stolen her inheritance before skipping away uncooked. She stripped her walls of gingerbread, redid them in carob and almond, watched them try to nibble at her house. A little girl stopped by, lost in the forest. It would have taken the witch's daughter's mother a year to fatten her up. I'll bet you want some food, said the witch's daughter snidely. The little girl clutched her stomach. Oh, no, just directions. Come on, she pointed at a carob shingle. Don't tell me you're not eyeing that chocolate. Are you kidding? What little girl doesn't like chocolate? I'm not little, the little girl said. I'm an Anna. An Anna? An anorexic. She puffed her non-existent chest. She resembled a skinned chicken. The witch's daughter missed chicken. What had become of the world? Stoveless, candyless, little girlless. You are what you eat, you know. I had a Cheerio for breakfast. The witch's daughter map-quested the girl's way home. Then she epicurious recipes for barbecued child. But who wanted children these days? So bony. If their parents left breadcrumb trails, they wouldn't follow them. She missed her mother's cooking, plump and juicy, teeth sinking. Oh, she missed her mother. She sat on her pretzel stick chair and thought about eating herself. All she ate anymore was pretzels, sorbet, a little olive oil and peanut butter, good fats. She was good, good, good. Who wanted to eat that? I'm Erin Carter, and I will be reading What Follows Us by Nina McLaughlin. When we found cloven footprints in the garden, we approached our dad. There, we said, by the daffodils, which soaked in the shadow of the house near where someone needed to mend the fence. Why is everything crumbling, said Mom. The broken fence, the busted gutter, the food rots the moment I bring it through the door. But, Dad, look, see? We don't own a goat. Mom wobbled the post. What is wrong with this place? We lived there 12 months, our third house in four years. We should have stayed in the desert. But it wasn't different there or anywhere. Dad crouched down in his clean pants. The daffodils yawned at him. These prints here? Mom peered over his shoulders. She kept her hands on her hips. Yes! We leapt up and down on the front yard. Hooves! Not deer, said Dad. We leaned down, too. It was cooler near the ground and smelled like matches. Mom couldn't stop. How did it get this bad? Dad turned, still on hands and knees. The sun blinked off his glasses. It might be you, 
he said. Their silence ate us whole. Mom went in through the screen door. She didn't let it slam. The rest of us looked at the dirt. Does this mean we have to move again? Dad sunk his hands into the soil, wrist deep. Warm, he said. Feel. We headed for the swings instead. We waited there and watched our house, now wrapped in flames. Nina McLaughlin lives in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and works at an alternative news weekly. My name's John Wolanski, and I'll be reading Mr. Artichoke Eats Monday by Ethan Ryan. My alarm clock eats me up at 6 o'clock. I eat, eat a bowl of life, and get eaten. At work, I eat my secretary to please eat all my calls. Then I eat a crossword puzzle. For lunch, I eat to my favorite Mexican restaurant. On the way there, I eat some cash from an ATM. A bum eats me for some change. Not today, I eat him. He eats at me to go eat myself. I eat lunch alone while eating the Wall Street Journal. For some reason, I eat sad. Back at the office, I eat the afternoon on the phone eating my clients. They eat my ear off. By closing time, I eat a splitting headache, so I eat some aspirin. I eat home to eat my wife at the kitchen table, eating. She eats me about her horrible day. I eat her shoulders and eat in her ear. Stop eating, baby. Stop eating. I eat to eat you eating. Then we eat. We haven't eaten in a while. Afterwards, we eat cigarettes in bed. For dinner, we eat leftover lasagna and eat TV. Around midnight, my wife eats asleep. I eat her up and we eat to bed. But I can't eat as easily as my wife. I've been eating terrible nightmares lately. So I eat some sleeping pills and eat a bottle of beer. Then I eat my teeth and eat into bed, exhausted, where I eat myself to sleep. Ethan Ryan was a finalist in a Glimmer Train fiction contest, and his work has been published on McSweeney's.net and Crack.com. The Writer's Block is produced by KQED. KQED.